Thank you, Randy. Thank you, band. Good morning again. Hope you are doing well. Thank you for joining us online. If you did not get a sermon outline, you need a sermon outline, raise your hand. We'll get one to you if you didn't get one. Anyone need one? One over here, one back there, two back there. Anybody else need a sermon outline? If you're online, if you go to the chat section of of Facebook there, you can get the, the sermon outline right there. So this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to do a mashup. Now, if you don't know what a mashup is, a mashup is is where you take one thing and you mix it with something else and you come out with something kind of interesting. There's a ton of them on YouTube. Some of the ones I really like is that they take some of the old dance movies from the 30s and the 40s and they mix it with modern uh, disco-y kind of music and it. They're, they're kind of pretty good. But we're going to do a mashup this morning. We're going to mash up Luke chapter 6 and Luke chapter 8 and a little bit of, of something else. Now, you may be thinking, that's sacrilegious, Pastor Mike. You shouldn't blend scripture like that. You'd be wrong. Moving right along. The whole New Testament is a mashup. Even Jesus would quote scripture sometimes. He'd take a piece out of Deuteronomy, a piece out of Ezekiel, and, and put it together in a quote. So you'll see it, it fits together quite well. So let's have a word of prayer, and we'll jump right into it. Now, we've got a lot of scripture. So get the gear motor on your Bible in, in high gear here, because we're going to zoom through this, Luke 6 and Luke 8. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come into this place, that you've set aside a place for us to come and worship you, to sing praises to your name, to seek you in the word, to serve you. And Father, we pray just again that you would open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up our spirit, our ears, to whatever you would say to us, to whatever we need to see, so that we can be more like the people that you've created us to be when we leave here, than when we got here. Father, inform us and transform us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 49. But in there, we're going to have Luke chapter 8, and you'll see where it all goes. It says, then Jesus turned to his disciples. Now, right away, it's always important to note who Jesus is talking to. Who's he addressing this to? Is it to the Pharisees? Is it to the disciples? Is it to the followers? People that just want healing. This, this is, um, follows on from what we looked at last week. This is on the level. This is where he's named his disciples. He's come down off the mountain. And now he's on this level plane. His disciples have come to him. And he's teaching his disciples. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God blesses you who are poor. For the kingdom of God is yours. Now you go back a couple chapters. And you remember these men. Some of them are fishermen. One was a tax collector and who knows what the others are. They have walked away from their source of income to follow and now serve Jesus. They're doing it the Jesus way. And there's nothing in scripture that ever says Jesus owned anything. He didn't own it. He was completely supported by the generosity of other people. So now these guys are following Jesus. They may have had ownership. Some of them were married. We know that Peter was married. He had a home. But for the most part, they've walked away from their income. So they're poor. 
So Jesus is addressing this to them. They will be poor, but Jesus says, you will be blessed. And what will you be blessed with? The kingdom of God. He said, God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Again, at the very beginning of this chapter, we saw the disciples walking through a grain field on the Sabbath, picking heads of grain. Now, I don't know if you've ever eaten raw grain. It's not good for you. Your, your body literally can't digest it. If you soak it for a while, it's okay. But if And there's bugs that live in there, little tiny bugs. That's how hungry that they're walking through the grain fields and they're picking raw grain. She says, blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for in due time you will laugh. What blessings await you when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Now, did I underline it there? It's not if. (laughs) Maybe. This this is going to happen, guys. When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. So this goes back to what we talked about last week. Faithfulness. Having that ability to see the journey through. That you can be trusted. Even in the face of extreme adversity. Which these guys are going to experience. So Jesus is telling them, look beyond this temporal world. Don't worry about what's in this world. Live for the destination. Live for where you're going. See the journey through. Be a kingdom liver. You know, most people live for the journey. This this life is a journey. From here to eternity. The next step is eternity. This this life is a journey to, to real life. But most people aren't living for eternity. They're living for the journey. They're living for today. They're doing everything they can to make this part of the journey as comfortable as possible. And what Jesus is teaching his disciples right here is don't worry about that comfort. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about being victimized and and, and abused. Live for the destination. Live for the kingdom to come. Now, not everybody wants to live that way. And Jesus now addresses them. He says, what sorrow awaits you who are rich? For you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now? For a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now? For your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you who are praised by the crowds? For their ancestors also praised the false prophets. Now it's important to understand. Jesus is not saying that it's wrong to be wealthy. Or to be happy, or to be fed, or, or to be respected. He's teaching, though, that if you reject him, and you reject his ways because you're chasing after those ways, that your joy will be short, because that journey is going to end at some time, and now you pass into eternity. And I've forsaken eternity for the comfort of here. And what he's saying is your comfort is going to be short-lived. And then he switches gears. He says, but to you... Who are willing to listen. What a great statement. Now remember. He's talking to his disciples. Right? He's not talking to the Pharisees. or These are his disciples. His followers. 
And, and, and they've come to learn from him. And, and he says this thing, but to you who are willing to listen. And Jesus knows that even people that call themselves his disciples, not every one of them is willing to listen. Some of them don't like the message that Jesus is giving. And, and further on in the scripture, many of them walk away from Jesus. So he's making a big point here. To you who are willing to listen. All right, now the mashup. I'm going to go over to Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 18. It says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. So different crowd, big crowd, all kinds of people in this crowd. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as been planted. And when he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, put yourself there for a minute. Here's the walking with Jesus. Okay, you're in the big crowd. Jesus is teaching. Maybe you're one of the disciples. And you came. And what did they come here for? They came to hear him. At the beginning of this passage, they're there to hear him. Maybe Jesus has switched off the healing because he wants them to listen to him. So he, Jesus tells this story. A farmer scatters seed. Some of it lands on the rocks. And the birds ate of it. Some of it landed on the background. It died pretty quickly. Some landed amongst the weeds. It died. Some landed on fertile soil and got a big harvest. Listen up and understand. Now, Jesus is always making his, his teaching relevant. If he's down by the lake, what's he teaching on? Fishing. If he's in Jerusalem, he's talking about the great buildings, the temples, and the, and the stones that build it. I'm kind of guessing right here, he's in amongst a bunch of farmers. So he tells a farming story because they can relate to the farming story. But can you imagine? You're a farmer. And Jesus tells this story about throwing seed. And it's like, really? You got to be careful when you sow your seed. Kind of knew that, Jesus. Like, what are you telling us what we already know? But Jesus is not talking about seed, is he? He's teaching about, he's not talking about sowing the seed. He's teaching about listening to understand and apply what you have learned. That's your first blank on your sheet here. Listening to understand and apply what you have learned. He goes on to explain it. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. He replied, you were permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach others so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't really understand. They won't understand. Now, Luke kind of sells us a little bit short here. Not sure why. If you go to Matthew, I'm going to go to Matthew 13. And Matthew was right there. He's a witness. He expands that little phrase because it could come across that Jesus is talking in, in code so that the average person can't understand what he's saying. Well, that makes no sense. So Matthew explains it a little bit more. He says, 
This is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened. And their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see. And their ears cannot hear. And their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. And look what he says to his disciples. But blessed are your eyes. Because they see. And your ears because they hear. Now, back in Luke 6, just a minute ago, when he was going through all the hunger and everything else, he said, you'll be blessed. Well, here's part of the blessing. They are blessed with understanding. They see something beyond this temporary. Their vision is bigger. That's why they're not living for today. They're living for the kingdom come. And they are blessed with this. Now, in contrast to that, Jesus is teaching that some simply don't want to see. They've closed their eyes. They've hardened their hearts. They've closed their ears. They don't want to hear. And they're certainly not living to follow Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, because their hearts are so hard, I can't heal them. They're not open to it. Now, Jesus hates this situation. He doesn't want to lose one. The Bible says... I don't want one to miss out on my kingdom. So he's not being cryptic to kind of isolate a group of people. I'm going to tell it just to the secret people here. My selected people. This is not about him teaching the secret mysteries of the kingdom of God only to the chosen, as some people believe. He wants everybody to hear and understand. But to you who are willing to listen. And here he says, anyone with ears to hear, should listen and understand. He's pleading with them. Would you listen? Would you seek understanding? Would you see? I want to heal you. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now, how do you gain understanding? Listening? Okay, they're, they're kind of listening, but, you know, Jesus tells this, this story about seed being sown. None of them understand it because it makes no sense. You've got to ask a question, right? You've got to be humble enough to ask questions. We don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. I didn't come here for a lesson on how to grow wheat. What are you talking about? His disciples ask questions. Are you humble enough to ask a question? Are you interested enough to seek understanding? The disciples seek understanding. Jeremiah 33.3 Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Call to me. I'll reveal to you things that you can't know. So the disciples ask him, What? What? We're talking about Jesus. So he goes on. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. 
But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And I got to tell you what, I made a lot of people that fit in that category right there. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Jesus isn't saying that... His word is scattered randomly. And if you're lucky, you'll understand it. What he's saying is, are you genuinely trying to understand? Do you want to know? Do you care enough to know? Are you prepared to do what what needs to be done for you to gain understanding from my word? But it goes to a whole nother level. There are three key words in that last verse. People who hear God's word, that means they learn it, cling to it. What do you cling? What do you hold on to? That which you love and patiently produce a huge harvest. So we must listen. You've heard this before. Listen to learn his word. Listen to love his word and listen to live his word. All right, back to chapter six. So now we've talked about this process of of learning and loving and living the word. Back to chapter 6. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. I'd have a hard time lending to my friend without expecting to get paid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. So what's Jesus teaching here? Learn to love with an exceptional love, a boundless love, a confounding love. It makes no sense. Learn to love those who for you are unlovable. Your persecutor, your hater, those who would steal from from you, those who look like friends but are really treacherous or traitorous and talk behind your back, love them. To you who are willing to listen. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. He continues. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or we'll all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. What's Jesus teaching here? 
Be graceful. Don't judge, forgive, and be graceful to you who are willing to listen. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. He continues, give and it will, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Be generous. Be very generous. It's worth it. But when you give, make sure you're giving and you're not investing. That's where we get mixed up on this one. To you who are willing to listen. Anyone with ears should hear, listen, and understand. Then Jesus gave the following illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teachers, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. Who are you watching? Who's got your ear? Who are you listening to? Is it Oprah? The View? CNN? Fox? Who's got your ear? Can one blind person lead another blind person? If you're listening to someone who's blind, who is not of God, whose, whose heart is not for the God, where are you going? Mind what you follow. Mind what you listen to. Mind what you watch. And then he says, be humble and learn from the master and you will gain insight. To you who are willing to listen. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 41, and why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, friend... Let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye. We've all experienced this, haven't we? Most people have experienced this. And I know I've been guilty of it in the past. Sometimes we can't see our failings because we're blinded to our failings. We clearly see everybody else's failings and we want to help them because we care. Look at what Jesus says, hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. What's he teaching? Clean up your own act. Then, with the right attitude, you'll be able to help others clean up their act. To you who are willing to listen. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 43. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never, never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good, good things from the treasury of good in their heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of evil in their heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. If you tie all that together, if you've got love in your heart, the fruit of your life will be love. If you've got grace in your heart, the fruit of your life will be grace. If you've got generosity in your heart, the fruit of your heart, the fruit of your life will be generosity. If you have a humble desire to learn in your heart, the fruit of your life will be understanding and wisdom. To you who are willing to listen, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. In the last part of this, he says, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? When you don't do what I say. 
catching a sense of frustration in Jesus here. Remember who he's talking to? His disciples. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? I will show you what it is like when somebody comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. Now, three things here. Comes to me. That's love the word. He is the word. Listens to my teaching. Learn the word. And then follows it. Live the word. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. If you do these things, you will be unshakable in the storms of life. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So that's a dire warning to you who are willing to listen. Anyone who has ears to hear, listen and understand. All right, back to Luke 8, and then we'll finish this up. So we're in verse 16, but I want to go back to 15. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, they learn it, cling to it, they love it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. They live it. No one lights a lamp and covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought out into the light and made known to all. Let your light shine. Randy picked that song and we hadn't talked. (laughs) Let your light shine. Let the word of God shine like a light in your life. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Take hold of its teachings. Let it saturate you. Let it fill you. Learn them. Love them. Live them. And you will produce a great harvest. What is that harvest? It's a harvest of love. It's a harvest of grace. It's a harvest of generosity. It's a harvest of insight and wisdom. It's a harvest of unshakable faith. And then he concludes with a warning. So pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. You ever have selective hearing? I have been accused on occasion of having selective hearing. And Jesus is making a, a wonderful point here. Why are you listening? And when it comes to his word, what are you listening for? Are you listening for information? That's not bad. Or are you looking for loopholes? I'll get people who come to me sometimes and I'll ask a question from the Bible and I know they're looking for a loophole. How do I get around this? Do do we still have to tithe, Pastor Mike? Why are you asking that question? (laughs) Because I'm looking for a loophole. Well, then should I tithe on the gross or should I tithe on the net? Why are you asking the question? Because I'm looking for a loophole. Are you listening for self-affirmation? See, I am good. I knew I was good. Are you listening out of duty? Come to church, so I've got to listen because you keep saying it. 
Are you listening out of habit? Or are you listening for guidance, for instruction, for transformation? This theme of, of faithfulness and being rewarded and unfaithfulness being punished, what you have, if you're faithful with it, I'll give you more. And if you're unfaithful with it, I'll take it away. It's found throughout Jesus' teaching. If you are faithful with what the Lord gives you, he will reward you with more. More love, more grace, more generosity, more insight and wisdom, more faith, a huge harvest. And if you are unfaithful, he takes it away. You can live in the light of his word. That means that you love it, you learn it, you live it. Or you can live in the darkness of ignorance. And the question is simple. What will you do with his word? Now, I don't want to end it there. We've got a couple minutes left. Because as I, as I read this through, it's a lot of telling. You all should be good, you know. If you're not good, Jesus is coming after you. But there's so much more to this than, than just Jesus having a bad day up on the... Oh, man, I didn't get much sleep last night. I was praying all night for these guys. Now I'm not going to have it today. I want to finish with a, with a kind of a funny story that, that ties it all together. Anybody been on a zip line? Sandra and I went on a cruise a few years ago, to, and uh, we were in Roatan. And... <laughs> We're careful with our money. And you go on, go on those cruises, right? You can pay for the carnival, what do they call them? Excursion. Which is expensive. We don't pay for the carnival excursion. We get off the boat and we look for our own excursion. And they're kind of outside of the, the little area that's set aside for carnival. If you go up the street, cross the road, there's a little shack. And it says zip line. So let's go on the zip line. So we go in there, and Sandra and me and the two little kids, and we sign away our lives. <laughs> and then the guy pulls up with this dirty old Toyota pickup truck. It's covered. I'm talking this thick mud all over it. Little piece scratched out so he could see out the front. And the guy says, climb in the back. And off we go. We turn off the road and we can see the trail ahead. It's not a road. It's, there's massive potholes filled with water. And we're in the back of this thing. And it's and right away, there's this little voice that tells you, mistake. <laughs> but now we're off. And we go up this mountain trail, way away from civilization and any help. And, and literally, we're bouncing out the back of this truck. This road is so bad. We eventually get up to the top of the mountain, and there's the first platform. So they get us, you go up the, the ladder, and you're on this platform, and it's kind of like... <laughs> they put all the equipment on you. Now, if you've been on a real zip line... There's a little break, right? 
So he gives us a big glove. That's your break. <laughs> Just grab the cable. Mind you don't get your hand caught in the, in the flywheel, in the wheels there, because that'll rip your hand off. <clears throat> okay. Good. <laughs> so we're up there on this thing, this creaky. He gives us a glove. The truck's gone now. Just us and these two guys that look like they just got out of jail yesterday. <laughs> and they're going to be our guides. And off you go. <laughs> I've never been on a zip line before. <laughs> you, and you can't help thinking, like, is that going to support my weight? Like, what is going to happen? Is it going to break? And off you go, and, and you're getting close to the other end, and I'm gripping on to slow it down because I'm going pretty fast, and I land there. And when you land, the whole thing goes, <laughs> with the inertia. You're thinking, this is not good. But now you're on it. You can't go back. There's no road. <laughs> Truck's gone, and you're on it. Obviously, we survived. Life is like that zip line. You get on it, and there's no way off. You're on it. And you've no idea what's waiting for you on the next platform. Life's hard, isn't it? And if your life's not hard right now, I pray that the good things in your life are not getting in the way of God in your life because maybe you're comfortable. But for most people, life is hard. And it seems like you go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And I'm thinking life is like this zip line. You know, you get on it. Are you going to get enough energy to get all the way? Or are you going to get two-thirds of the way and you run out and now somebody's got to try and get you in? Or, as happened to me, you're coming down that line... And the glove's not really working. And people are jumping off of that thing because you're coming in. And you're going to go right through that thing. And you don't know what's waiting for you, do you? When you've got the light of God's word in your life. Just imagine if you got up on the platform and there are four different zip lines. Which one is the right one? I need some guidance, God. And what does God say? My word is a lamp to your feet. It is a light unto your way. I will show you the way. What's that verse? I put it down here. I don't think I put it on your, on your Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will guide you on the zip line. But here's the thing, and this, this is what came across to me, why this is important. You're going to land on that next platform, whatever it might be. You don't know what's going on there. And when you land on that platform, you need to bring some light with you. So that whatever's going on on that platform, whoever's on that platform, whatever they're going through, you're bringing some love, you're bringing some hope, you're bringing some Jesus with you. So that when you leave that platform, it's a little lighter and it's a little brighter than when you got on that platform. 
That's what this is all about. That's why his word is so important. That's the harvest that Jesus is talking about. What are you bringing into other people's lives? Are you bringing the light of my word wherever you go so that when you leave that place, that place is better because you were there with my word in you? Or are you leaving that place a little darker than when you got there? That's why this is important. What are you going to do with his word? Let his word live in you. Let his word enlighten your life so that when you touch other people's lives, you bring light into their life. Amen? That's what this is all about. Amen. All right, what have we got going? Let's pray. Oh, I put a little prayer on there for you, didn't I? I was just thinking about it. I'm going to pray this prayer. Let's pray. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Grant us understanding and wisdom that we might take what we hear and produce a huge harvest. Father, let your light shine in our lives in such a way that whoever we impact, whatever situation, whatever's on that next rickety platform, Father, when we land there, it's better because we're there and your word is in us and we bring light into other people's lives. Father, let the light of your word shine in our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what we got? Women's Retreat coming up October 1st through 3rd. Guys, it's not open to you. I'm sorry about this. But please encourage your wives to go. Most ladies would like to have a weekend off, would you not? Not cooking, not having to make the bed, having somebody else cook for you. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but... So our early bird registration is coming up next Sunday. So next Sunday is the last day that they can register early and get the low rate. Okay, it's $120 if you sign up by next Sunday. You can go online and sign up or you can register in the foyer. And, uh, but going online is the easiest way to do it. They can pay right on there, right? Awesome. And I think that's all the, all the uh, announcements we've got. Does anyone know of any others? Men's breakfast is this Saturday, right across the hall from over there, I'll be wearing my mask. My wife and I are hoping to go to England in September. I don't normally tell you people this stuff because you never come if I'm not here. But I want you to come. I want you to pray for us because parents are getting old. Sandra's parents are getting rather sick. And with this whole COVID thing, you just don't know. You get to the last minute. We have to test, we have to take a test two days before we leave, two days after we arrive, two days before we return. Any of those tests are positive. Of course, if the positive over there. (laughs) So I'm telling you this because I am going to be laying low, staying away from people as much as possible, wearing my mask, staying distant from you. So if you don't see me around, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I don't want to get sick. You can call me and I will be there. All right, let's pray. Please stand. Father, again, we just give you thanks. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, Jesus talked to his disciples. He told them about blessings. 
In the midst of all of the crisis, there are blessings, Father. Father, pour out your blessings upon us so that we can go from here and be a blessing to all that we meet. I'm praying for protection for this congregation, for those people that are online. Father, would you just surround us with your angels, protect us, keep us healthy, and let your light shine in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you all. We'll see you next week.